Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Gain and Retain 365, where our goal is to educate and motivate aspiring entrepreneurs on how to get started. Today we have the pleasure of speaking with Mr. Donald Teague, one of the owners of the Goodfellas Barber brand. How you doing, brother? I'm good, bro. How you doing? Hey, man, I'm blessed, man. Thank you for having me. Man, I appreciate you for taking time out your busy schedule to be with us, man. Okay, okay. Yeah. What's up? How your Monday going so far? Yeah, it's cool. Just cut a little bit, doing general business, you know. Okay. It's an off day on a Monday, really, for a barber. Okay, okay. Y'all yeah, take advantage of that Monday, man, to kind of get a lot of things situated. Yeah, get your personal deal. You got to pay your bills, you know, store runs, different stuff that you don't have the opportunity during the week. Right, right, right. I understand that, man. I'm curious, Mr. T, how, um, how long have you been cutting hair? Uh, I've been licensed barber in like 20, about 23 years. Oh, man, you, you a vet, brother. Yeah, yeah, I've done, I done been licensed for a while. Okay. What, where did you get your license? Uh, actually, out of Indiana. I'm from Chicago. Okay, okay. Oh, man, so you come from up north, man, came down and took over in the south, yeah. huh? Well, I did get my, my instructor <laughs> license. I got in Arkansas. So, okay, yeah. okay. Curious, where, where did you get it at here? Uh, went to Arkansas, College of Barber. Okay, okay. That's what's up, man. What, what inspired you, man? What got you started cutting hair? Well, well back in the day, you know, just uh, got tired of working for people and wanted to do my own thing. And, it's just, uh, I went to the barbershop one day and the dude said, uh, man, he left a little weight in my head. And I said, man, get that. He said, man, you need to be in barber school. And I wasn't doing nothing. I said, let me try something. And basically, that's how I got to be a barber, man. And the rest is history. Really? So you, you critiqued the barber that was cutting your hair? Yeah. And he suggested that you go get your license. Yeah, he said, you need to get your license. You've seen that, you know. And right. This. And I thank him to this day. I still talk to him. Really? Yeah. He's still cutting? He's still cutting. Man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because uh, apparently you had an eye for it at a young age. Right, right. You know, cutting your daddy's hair, your brother's low even, it's different than, you know, being a professional. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Just telling somebody in the kitchen to cut their hair. Right. So it was a process, and I'm glad I got educated and understand my profession, you know. So it was a good time. That's what's up, man. So you got your license in Indiana? Yes, sir. Was it 1,500 hours there? Yeah, 1,500 as well. Okay. I know certain states is a little bit more than 1,500. Some is more, some is less. And like you said, they're attacking the, the barbers and beauticians now as far as the education and, you know, what they can do. And it's like real political at a point, you know? Right, right. And then I say it's a lot because uh, I think the industry is changing. We make a lot of money. I think they need to file the money and show the money, you know? Right. And it'll be more sensible for the government can get more taxes out of what they're trying to do. Exactly, exactly. Because I, I feel like that's the reason they want to take away the assistance because they know it's profitable, mm -hmm. a profitable industry, yeah. but no one is showing the profit. Right, you know? exactly. But I mean, I can only speak for myself. I've been there before where right. I wasn't claiming everything I was making. Right. You know what I mean? That's true. That's for true. my own personal reasons, but right. some people may abuse yeah. that. You know what I mean? You make 100000 a year, but you're only filing twenty. you know? Yeah, and it, and it come back and bite you in the long run when you yeah. want to purchase homes and vehicles. But you know, you made a hundred, you only claim twenty, you got eighty to the good. You know, yeah, yeah. but I guess it's a, you know, it's pros and cons to that. Pros and cons of what you want to do. Right. It affects you as you say when you want to buy a house or get your car. Yes, sir. And you know, if you ain't filing the proper taxes, now you're gonna have to do other things to get the things you want in life. Exactly. Because so. you can't show for the money you made. Exactly. Man. So. You knocked out your, your 1,500 hours in barber school in Indiana, right? Yes, sir. Okay. How long did you, once you finished your, your education, did you transition right into a shop? 
Well, I'm going to tell you, I got blessed in a sense up there. Uh, one of the owners of a shop, a lady died. And she ended up, you know, well, he asked me, did I want the shop coming out of school? You know, and it was one of those, okay, I don't really know nothing about it. And I eventually, like, went into a girl shop as soon as I graduated. And by the time I made the decision, I ended up getting his shop. So wow. I got kind of blessed in that aspect. And was it clientele? Was it booming? Uh, it was a, Since it was established? It was an older crowd, and she hadn't been in the shop in a while. And it was, it was like I had to give it a whole makeover. So it got kind of expensive, but it was profitable. It was good. It's just I personally wasn't ready for it, you know. Just, you just wasn't ready. I was young. I probably was uh, 23 or 4, you know what I'm saying? Maybe 26, I think. So when you're into that age, your mind ain't in the business like it should have been. Right. That's why I say guys mature a lot later. You'll be blessed with opportunities and don't take advantage of them. Mm. So everything's got to be on time and in the right time. You know, they give you a million dollars when you're 21. They give you a million dollars when you're 31 or 40. Though. Yes, sir. Yeah. And he's, you know, and it's yeah. like you get a blessing, but you just didn't take it. I didn't take advantage of it. Right. Yeah. But it was good. It was good. Good learning lesson. Okay. So um, was it you was just working by yourself at that point? Yes. Okay. Okay. So what was the transition like? How, how long did you wait before you transitioned to Arkansas? Uh, I came to Arkansas in uh, 07. Okay. 2007. When you first when you first got here, you worked in a shop somewhere. I did. I worked at uh, Washington. I mean, Harlow's. Okay. It was on University. That okay. was the first shop I cut in. Okay. Okay. And then transitioning from there, you end up doing your own thing. Yeah. When we uh, parted ways there, uh, me and my brother met. Uh, one of the other owners, mm -hmm. and we uh, ended up getting together and start, came over here and looked at this location. But it was a barber college back in, uh, I mean, a barber shop in 08. And we kind of stood out, you know, he was coming in from Houston, I was coming in from Chicago, so we really didn't know Little Rock like that. Right. But we had been cutting for a while, so we had built a little clientele, and, you know, it was coming together. So we decided to, let's do it. Let's open this good fellow and see what it does. Okay, okay. That's amazing, man. So when you guys first started out, how many how many other barbers did you have with you? Well, originally it was just me and him. Okay. And this uh, space right here? Just you? Well, no. We was on the other side. Okay. It's like this was a three unit, and we ended up renovating it to make this the barber college. Oh, Like, man. you know, I can give you a tour. It's, it's a lot bigger than what it looked. Okay. So it, I think back in the day it was a bank originally. Okay. And then a guy made it a pawn shop. Then it was a beauty shop, a barber shop, a loan office. So it's been multiple right. things <laughs> right, before right, right. we had it. And I think this is probably the longest tenure somebody has been here. Okay. Right. So when you guys first you first opened up, man, how was it? How was the traffic for you all? Oh uh, well, you know, Asher is one of the busiest streets, so the traffic was it was great. And then we, like I said, we both had clientele, so right. the transition was really. It was it was God sent for us, you know. And you can see some things that come together so easy. Is, is, that's what I mean by God sent. Right. Know, it's just meant to be. And I think it was one of those great opportunities. And it's been great for the, the community because you know we do a lot, and we both community involved guys. So I think it helped us out a lot. Man. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, how long was it just you two before you started to expand and employ other barbers? Um, well, almost immediately because we had so many people. And I think one of my first, it's crazy because none of us was from here. It was like me, Matt, and then Cam. He came out of California. And it was one of those, he just Googled a shop to try to go to the work because he was relocated. Uh -huh. And we was the first shop, so he ended up coming. And we started adding, and I told him, I said, well, we're going to have to re renovate this side because we only had one side. Then we ended up putting a female over there with us. 
And then it just started growing from there. And then she ended up relocating and we opened her side up for more barbecues. You just start filling up and it stayed full. I said, man, we need another location. Mm. So as you start seeing, where is your people coming from? What demographic area? Mm -hmm. So when we started seeing they was coming from the Otter Creek area, you know, certain areas, I said, well, man, maybe we need to put a shop over there, you know? And was that the second location? That was the second location is okay. by Otter Creek. Okay. And, you know, bro was staying out in Otter Creek at the time. So it made sense. It made sense. It was like a no-brainer. You got a lot of people coming from there. He's already out there, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And, and this was already an inner city, you know, prime shop. And you want to get into the suburban areas, you know? Right. So it just grew from there. Okay. I want to kind of piggyback off what he said about the uh, checking the demographics. Paying attention to where your clients and your consumers are coming from. Because if they're commuting from over in, that's pretty much southwest, somewhat. Uh, I guess you could say that. The Otter Creek area. Otter Creek area yeah. If they're commuting from there to come here to get a haircut, and you take a, take notice where they're coming from, yeah. why not put a location there? Closer to them. It's more convenient. More convenient. You yeah. know, I already have a little clientele base. So the people that were going other places would be like, well, this is convenient. My neighbor going, I can go. Right. And you'd be more community involved, you know. Right. So, yeah. That makes sense. So after that, after that location, what was the third that you guys? Uh, third, we went over to 12th Street. We was trying to still stay community involved. That was <laughs> one of the most hostile areas we've been. In. <laughs> yeah, okay. and it was profitable. You know, at the end of the day, everybody needs a haircut. Right, it was right. A haircut in their community, and it was a good spot. It was just so much extra stuff. If you're familiar with the area, you know. Right. It's right. Just, for your business, you got to stand strong over there. I got you, I got you. So that, that location still still going? No, we okay. ended up, uh, actually, then it, this was like years later, we ended up going to uh, Green Mountain. Okay. And what we were doing was trying to transition to open this as a school. Okay. So we wanted to close this one and make it a school so we still had barbers here. Right. So we had to get something that was big enough to accommodate 12th Street and the new shop. So that was the, we had a lot of people coming from West Little Rock. So I said, man, we get the big one and we just happened to get a location that was feasible for us. Okay. So it held, uh, I think it holds like 15 barbers total. So it was able to hold 12th Street and Asher. So, and it's not too far. So they still had West Little Rock. They got the Southwest, you know, area. And then we, we started hitting toward North Little Rock. You know, it was, it was cool over there in North Little Rock. We still got a shop over there. We had a couple and then relocated around over there. So you just keep growing as you tell your people, see where they're coming from, you know, they want to see you and give them a good brand. You're giving them good service and, and you stand in the area in their community and you always think you're back to right. your community, you know. So I think that's what keeps us profitable, steady growing, you know, relevant yeah. in the community. Yeah, y'all steady growing too. Right. Man, so what what's the what's your secret, man, to um, retaining your your barbers, man? Because you guys have a lot of locations. Man, that's the hardest part. Is it? Yeah. And never see like even with going with the school, it's like we get a lot of the barbers coming out of school. The quality of cutting wasn't there up to par. I said, man, they coming in here. We need to get a school. We still got a trainer. Right. So that's where we started. We both having to help. Like, man, how this looking? Like, dang, boy, what they teach you in school? So I said, man, if we could teach them and be able to give them job placements, you know, you're giving them a two for one. You got multiple locations, you know. So, and, and that's kind of like what really made you want to just get into the education part, you know? And not to say none of the other schools, because now a minute I understand if a student come and don't want it, there's nothing you can do. Right. If the mama making him go, or rather do he want to go. Mm. You know, and that's going to sometimes make your best barbers, and some need that extra push to be a great barber, you know? Like I said, it's not just about cutting hair. You got to be able to 
giving the whole package. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You can probably cut yourself, but you'd rather have a good service over a hot towel and this and this and some good conversation. So it's a total package. Yeah. Definitely the experience matters, man. Mm-hmm. A lot. The experience, yeah. it, it, stands, it stands alone, mm-hmm. to be honest. So what, what, what ways do you keep your guys motivated, man? You know, because that same day in and out routine, man, of cutting hair, sometimes, you know, especially when they're young, yeah. Yeah. They, don't really, they don't really see the importance of being consistent. consistent. You know, they show up late or they might not come. Like, how do you keep them on track? Man, you just got to tell them and they got to see it. You know, we say lead by example. Like, if you could say, I own this or I do this, but you see, we still got to work at it. I get up and cut every day. I'm going to teach. I'm going to do this. So if I can still do this and you see what it's showing the profit level, and now cuts is getting higher, that's your motivation. Mm. People now paying 40 and $50 a haircut. Right. Bro, we was in the game 10, 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, 20, we thought we was good. Right, right. 25, you get people griping. Now they'll drop $30, $40 like it's nothing. Right, right. So if you're not motivated to be able to make what a doctor makes, I don't know what motivation you need. You can get your own schedule. Right. And you be consistently to beat it. If you tell the person, man, I'm going to work from 8 to 6, 8 to 4, 8 to 5, whatever your schedule be, do it every day. And the person know well, I got to get there a little early to catch it. Right, right. You know, but now they know the consistency of my barber's going to be there. Right. And, and we are professionals. It's not just, you don't look at it like, okay, I'm, I'm coming to work. You know, and then I get the pleasure of being able to watch ESPN. I get able to fellowship with my brother. Right. Talk junk, giggle, laugh. Right, right. And I'm making money while I'm cutting. Same time. So if that ain't the motivation, if this is the perfect profession for me. <laughs> you know, I, I love, I'm from Chicago. I love to talk junk. Right, right. I love people. You right, know what right. I'm saying? And shoot, I get to watch sports too. Right. And you get to find out what's going on. People give you free tickets to show you. Mm-hmm. You get blessed in this way and you bless people. So mm-hmm. when I say it's a whole, the motivation is, to be a barber. You're, you're something special and a lot of people don't really understand that. You know right. what I'm saying? It's not just about, I cut his hair. Man, I done cut that man hair and now he done had kids and I'm in his kids and I was cutting his daddy and his daddy's daddy and mm-hmm. you're going through families and generations, man. So it's, it's, it's way bigger than what they think. So that to me personally should be their motivation to stay and come. Like we got, bro, I got, the other day I had my maintenance man going to the mall. He up there at 11.30. He said, bro, it's four walk-ins in here. You had one barber. He said they was paying $40 a piece. Wasn't nobody there. But the shop full. Mm. So am I to make all y'all come in or make you get money? All I can do is give you a schedule. Somebody got to open on these days. Right. Now, if you're not motivated to go in here and get your money, if you just want to go and get your booth rent and make you a little shoe money, you ain't looking for mortgage and rent. Them my goals in life. I need me a mortgage. I want a nice house. I want a nice car. Right. I want to pay a car note. So my motivation is I'm getting up going to work every day. If I was working for Amazon, I'd go every day. You have to be. Yeah, and they pay seventeen twenty-five. Yeah. So I need to get me eight people to pay me thirty dollars an hour so it'll benefit me more than being at Amazon. Right, right. You know, and if I say if I can get eight people a day, you know, and they paying me thirty, forty dollars, I'm way I'm making way more than Amazon. Now it's on me, what do I do with my money? You know, they can't come in here with Jordans and Tim's and you want to buy this TV. Right. No, now you don't spend your <laughs> your mortgage money. Mm. You don't spend lights and gas money buying this stuff. But when Amazon gave you that check for uh, eight, nine hundred a week, when you should be making a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars a week cutting hair. Right, right. But if you don't, you know, pay your bills and, and, and maintain your car, eat on a budget, you know what I'm saying? You won't see your money just like, man, I'm tired of working for Amazon because you're waiting for this check for every week compared to you making money every day. Right. And if people are not disciplined with their money, they'll lose motivation being a barber. Because you 
how how do you instill that in your students, man? man? I have people come in, we do business classes. I teach them how to start getting insurance early. I mean, that's why we don't just say the Ivy League, we don't teach you just cutting hair. I have people come in and speak to them. Financial advisors, how to invest your money. You know, just, if you don't start it right here, and they still may miss it, you know, and get in there and still do the same thing. Right. That's why I tell them, I say, bro, however you gonna get in that, in that shop, you gotta start it right then. Cause you'll get in there at eight, and people won't let you leave at 12, one in the morning cutting their hair. Right, right. And I say, if you're not disciplined, man, I gotta go. Uh, Take your family values. You know, I, I'm going with my old lady. I'm going with my kids. And if you don't have that, I got to give me some me time. Mm -hmm. And that keeps you well-rounded where you want to come to work every day. You got off at 12, now you got to be right back there at 8. You're tired. Right. <laughs> you know, then this day you stay the one. Right. You're right. right. So it gets to be too repetitious. And I had to learn that myself. So um, let me ask you this. So majority of your, your students, man, that leave here, do you guys guarantee job placement for them if we they can. want it? We can if they want to come to us. We have some, I got some that can't graduated my school that's been with me and established, been there since they graduated, making, you know, good money. We got some that get, try to get their own, some go to their friend or cousin shop. Right. And I don't just ask somebody to come to my shop. I tell them, go look around and see what's comfortable for you. Right. So you be somewhere where you happy. Everybody ain't going to be happy at a jumping shop like that. Some people want to be with one, two people. Like, I could never see it. A lot of these new barbers like to cut in their suites. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? But that's, I'm more of a people person. You know what I'm saying? I don't right. want to be in a room with one person. It just gets too boring for me. Right. <laughs> then I wouldn't want to cut in. You know? Okay. And it's the social part of being in a barber. You get to see the kids developing, learning who they are, learning how to deal with people. You, you find that people don't even know how to communicate because they're so stuck in the phones. Phone, exactly game, right. Especially this generation. This generation. Yeah. So that's one thing, and that's why I get them in the chair, and not necessarily put your phone up, but I get a little conversation out of them. Mm -hmm. and you make them talk and learn how to communicate with people, and you see them growing as young boys turning into young teenagers and teenagers into men. Right. And you, I just love it. I, I, can't, I can't love my profession. So. I can tell, man. Yeah. I can see. I can. I can sense the passion coming yeah. out of you when you talk about it, man. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you this, man. When you guys first got started. <clears throat> Obviously, you are already well-known in the community, so it didn't take long to build a clientele. Well, no, because I guess when we was at Arlo's, we had a lot of our own clientele. So the growth was just, it was already there. And then once we put a brand of us with the Goodfellas, and I think that's just, like now you may say, dang, they got a Goodfellas over here. So you may, I'm gonna go check them out. You right. know what I'm saying? Instead of just seeing, oh, there's a barbershop over there. Right. And Goodfellas. Right. You already know a little bit. So the brand, I think, was it got more established when we got the name, but we was established before the name. Where the name come from? <laughs> Me and bro set up, and it was totally Matt Dillon. And we was talking about names, and he said, man, Goodfellas. I said, Goodfellas? Goodfellas Barbershop. I said, brother, that ain't no bad one. <laughs> that's, that's it. We, we loved the movie. He said he was inspired by the movie scene off of Goodfellas. Okay. And uh, you know he was in that barbershop. Yeah. So that was just one of the main focuses, you know. And it was a nice little brotherhood, and you know, not the mafia, but just how the togetherness was. Right, right, right. And that's how we took it. It's so involved in the community, and that's us. We want to be some good fellas in the community. I like that. I like that, man. Um, so obviously, like you just said, it's becoming a household name. Right. I mean, just about everywhere you go, you can look up and see good fellas. Right. I um, mean, at one point, you guys were in both malls in, mm -hmm. in central Arkansas in this area. Um, and, and how did you create the awareness, man? Um, was it just the multiple locations that it just, it just started to click? Or what, what ways did you guys 
use to reach reach the masses? Well, we stay in, into the into the streets, as you would say, you into your community, and that's one of the main things being involved in your community. I mean, as far as in the in the churches, we're gonna go cut, we're gonna give free haircuts, we're gonna be in the club doing parties, we're gonna be down giving a big old community give back, we're gonna give bikes away and free haircuts. So when you covering every aspect of your community, how your community don't know you. True. And we ain't out here like getting you no money. We doing free stuff, staying involved, and it's like you build your brand like that. Right. Oh, if you want your clothing line, your three for sixty show, whatever, you got to build it. You got to stay in their face. And then who else is okay, well we good fellas. Dang, he did an interview with them. Then you go to the next bump and it's, and you stand into your community. You may go over here to St. Mark's. And get them like, man, how your church stay so relevant? Now you don't hit the church, you don't hit the barbershop. You go to the club team. Now you don't covered every aspect of your show right. to whoever gonna watch it. Right. So now it's like, man, you seen dude podcast? Mm. You said Chandra, you know, and it start building your brand. Right. And that's why I say if, if you go, we can go to Dallas, I can go to Chicago, I can go there, but wherever you go, you're gonna have to get into your community. If not, you're just gonna like Dallas, I love it because there's so many little rocks. It's like, man, you get into the suburbs, it's like every suburb is a hundred and some thousand people, mm. 200, 300 thousand. They got their own mall, they got their own this. Right. I said, man, you go down there and just, if you can build your brand there, oh my God, now you're tapping on into Austin and into Houston. Right, and, right. You know what right. I'm saying? You be done took that state, just as if you say, I'm going to Oklahoma. Right. Do you start in Tulsa and ease on there or go to Fort Smith and ease, you know, so it's ways you, I'm my thought. Right. It's how I want to ease into the different states. And you start getting into your region. Now your region, if, if your region is Arkansas, Oklahoma, Texas, you know, Missouri, all your touching states, Memphis, now you don't took you got three, four, five, six shops in each one of these big cities. But now it comes to your personnel. So now what I follow is I can get the shops, you bring your barber college. Or you take your barber college and bring you some shops. Because now you're filtering your own people. You're training them how you want. Mm -hmm. You can hand pick you a few of the good ones. Right. The ones who's educated enough to run it and be a manager. So it's a way you start building your brand and how you get into your, you know, just making it profitable and then staying longevity. You open something one day and it's closed next year. What have you accomplished? You put all this money and blew it and it can't stay relevant. Man, it's not going to serve you no purpose. Man, mm -hmm. perfect, perfect. So, man, how, how was the process of opening the school? Uh, now that there is a, it's a long process, and it definitely gets on your meal table, because you got to really put this school for that whole duration. You know what I'm saying? And you're gonna have a lot of students who's not getting financial aid, so you got to seek different revenues. You may take rehab. You pray you get you some some veterans and military VA money. You know what I'm saying? And there's certain things, and you know you get your you know the five dollar three dollar haircut. That's not really gonna pay your bills. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, once you start having to pick up staff and all that, then it's got to be, it's got to make sense, you know. And that's just, that's a process. And then once you get accredited, you know, it's, it's good. And it, But it makes you stay at higher standards. Mm -hmm. And it costs a lot of money to stay accredited, you know what I'm saying, as far as going to different seminars and different classes and you got to take staff. And, you know, you have to have your certain accountant and bookkeeping. So everything costs thousands of dollars once you do get accredited. Right. But then you take your tuition from where you was at, you know, eight, nine thousand trying to take rehab or whatever financing you can get or they paying cash or, you know, whatever. 
and to now you can go to 16 to 20 whatever thousand per student right. you know what i'm saying so the jump be good but like i say the money you make more you still have to spend to make sure you keep your accreditation right it's hard you gotta be at that standard you gotta have your graduation numbers right you know i mean everything just ties in everything you know? so how long does it take to become accredited uh it's, it's it, the minimum is two years okay i don't care and we i can't say the first ever my team was built good um my directors instructors everybody was 100 we did a one like one time through so that is usually you know so many tedious procedures you have to go through that you know people gonna be something that they didn't you know they failed on and they had to come back and do this or do that we didn't have to do that and it still wasn't like right at two years with a couple of months you know what i'm saying so it was a good thing and, and, it, and it make you really you know love like this is your baby you know, mm -hmm. you don't put so much into something. Right. Rise dummy came. <laughs> this is your baby. Right. I need this one to grow. Right, you right. Know? Just like you did your shops and you see them growing and, you know, it's a process. My hardest part with a shop is to be, to keep good hard workers. Mm -hmm. How you going to give me eight to 12 hours a day? That'll be your hardest part. Schools, is, it's, it's, it's a difference. It's a difference. So, um, doing the accreditation process, man, what are some of the key things that they want to see? as far as, I know they want to see graduate, students graduate, right? Numbers. Numbers. And Numbers. then they need to see them into the work field? Numbers. Okay. Everything you're going to ask me is going to be the numbers. Numbers. Students, your numbers. Mm -hmm. Graduate, numbers. They test scores, going to be sort of them numbers. Numbers, okay. I mean, anything that you're going to say is, is really with the Department of Education is going to be numbers. How does it make sense to us? That's why you seen me say like, okay, we're paying you know, 16, 20,000 for them to get educated, but they only showing us 10, 12,000 they made in a year. What, what sense does it make for you to be a boss? It don't add up. It don't add up. On paper, it don't. It doesn't add up. <laughs> but then we, even if they go deeper and say, we see you guys on Instagram, and you know how they follow the internet, yeah. they're charging $50 a haircut. Yeah, yeah. So you're only doing two cuts a day? Right, right. You know, mm -hmm. how is this, it don't make sense to us. Right. And when you get them to going into that, that's why we, when they got to taking these haircuts to another thing and they start implementing different hours you don't need a license to be a barber there's no way that you don't have to get some education to be a barber you true, know some true. people might be natural but he still got to know the diseases and this and that but right. when you're downgrading the, the profession now they're they're not making no tax money the department of education is is not receiving any of their student loans back so why would we keep putting money in the barber you know and it's showing better for them to be a beautician Right. Some of the beauticians do the same exact thing. Right. They got more numbers. Exactly. So it look like they're making a little more money. Barbers is, shoot, they make cash. They don't want to pay taxes. You like, man, you file your taxes? Yeah, I'm going to do it next year. Right, right, and right. And so right, why? Right, you right. tripping. You can, you can file and break even to show them something. Right, right, know? right. So that's just a problem. But yeah, with the, with the educate, man, with this, just you got to stay on it. It goes with numbers, man. Everything's going to come back to numbers. They want to see some numbers. Right. You know, it, it wasn't at one point. Wasn't this state leaning as far as apprenticeship, as far as with the barber profession? Yeah. Okay, but it failed, right? It failed, and I could say a, a large part of. I can't just toot my horn and say me, but man, we called wind of it, and um, like first, and they was like, you know, they're trying to demolish barber and abolish it, and you know, get into the apprenticeship. And I'm like, no, nah, surely not. So I end up calling to the barber board, like asking him, had he heard? He's like, surely not, no. Mm. Come to find out they was. Really? And they was trying to slip it through legislation. If you know you don't go down there and say nothing. Right. 
it gets pushed up. Right, right. And we caught wind of it and end up calling some schools and barbers and kind of letting them know what was going on. And they showed up in numbers, man. The unity like was great. I like that. I wish I took, well, some of my guys got pictures. I can send you the pictures so one day you can show that podcast of the pictures of how many of the barbers. And I mean, the unity was great. I mean, from up north, eastern Arkansas, Man, they came from everywhere, down south, white, black, everything that had a barber license was there because that's how important it was. That's amazing. Yeah, it was so much. Because, I mean, that right there, man, that would have put a damper on your whole investment. Right. Like you just said, this is your baby. Right. And for them to take away barbering and we transition into apprenticeship, then barber schools will be obsolete, right? Right. No longer necessary. No longer necessary. And so all of your money would go down the drain at that point, right? Go down the drain. Man, I'm glad I'm glad that wasn't passed, man, because that would hurt hurt a lot of a lot yeah. of schools, man. Oh, yeah. A lot of them. It would hurt the education part as far as people getting educated with the school owners and the instructors as a part of revenue. Then it would hurt the industry because, man, you couldn't imagine the diseases would be running around with nobody knowing what to do, no education, you know, anything. So right. That. Okay, so I'm curious, man. School going good, multiple locations going good. What's 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 next for the good fella brand, man? Man, really trying to, like I say, get out the state. Um, you know, bro, we went down there, chopped around, and got a couple shops in Dallas. I heard that, man. Yeah, I so heard that. We're really trying to get some, some more things going. I, I think our next project, is, to me, is going to be in that Fort Smith, Fayetteville. They kind of asking us to come to Fayetteville area. You know, man, I heard that it's a need for barbers in general in, in Fayetteville. My thing is, how many cities in Little Rock barbers want to go to Fayetteville? You're going to make great money. But you, you know, a few hours into nowhere, and you know, I don't know. I've been up there, and there's nothing to attract me up there. Right. But I got barbers who go up there, but they don't want to stay long time. Right. right. So my thing would have to, to me personally, would want to bring a school first. Right. And then you, you have to get the people that's around there. Right. From the Fayetteville area, then they want to stay in that area. Right. You trying to get your Little Rock people, man, go to Fayetteville. Man, I don't want to go up there. They, you know, for right. whatever reason. Right. You know, if you ain't going to college or you're going to a party or the game. Right. You know. It's not that appealing. Right. Man. It's all about what you're into. What you're into. Yeah. Now, what I find is they, their Spanish uh, numbers is growing. Tremendously. Growing. Mm -hmm. And that's a, another kind of trend of us. You can say we want to be barbers. And that would be great. And that's why I say that, that, that Fayetteville, Fort Smith, Tulsa, Oklahoma, that whole area. Is and it doesn't have a lot of, you know, we'll say black barbershops. Mm -hmm. So for that would be great, you know what I'm saying? Because you would you would tap into a whole new industry. The numbers is not just saturated. You can you can you got a fair chance and an easy way to make it because you're going up there already accredited. Right. So now you open your school, your struggle won't be as hard. And that's your whole process of making sure this is the baby grows to be an adult to start putting out babies. <laughs> you're gonna feed off of this one. This is your main. Right, this right. Is my baby, and she's, right. she's about you know however many old. Once she gets right. to that teenage where she can start bearing and reproduce. Oh, yeah, we're gonna reproduce her. Right. We're holding her right now. <laughs> yeah, that's the way you look. Ain't like we breeding dogs, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Another litter. That's a good analogy. Okay, man. right, right. I like that mindset, man. I didn't, I didn't touch on this the way I wanted to. But could you, for our listeners, man, could you break down the process of opening a barbershop? Man, I tell you, a barbershop can be open as low budget as you want it and be nice, or you can open upscale as you want. You can probably open a shop when you said and do your demographic numbers. And I tell people, that, how much you think? 
I was great. It can take you, really, honestly, $1,000 right. to open you a shop. Right. Or it can take you ten to $100,000. Right. It's first on the magnitude of the shop you want. If Say if you say, okay, I'm going to go get a shop. You can get a room. As I say, people are doing suites now. Right. So a suite means one mirror, one barber chair. Hopefully, he have a shampoo bowl for you if you're in a suite. So you right. can open this your own personal booth for a little bit of nothing. So if I say I'm going to go somewhere that's, you know, a little decent. So you may find a spot that's paying three, five, six hundred dollars a month for rent. Most they're going to say is give me a first month rented deposit. So you get something that's feasible to your budget. Mm-hmm. I know some places on there that they rent for three fifty. You know, that's decent. Mm-hmm. You know, you get twelve hundred square feet is what you need. Right. So you sit here and you say, well, dang, if I get three, four chairs, what is your chairs? How much is mirror? So do I want some good, you know, six, seven, eight thousand dollar chairs, or do I just want to settle with some all-purpose lean-back barber chairs that'll be whatever amount of money? Right. You know what I'm saying? Um. <clears throat> so before we even get into the decor of the shop, let's talk about the legal legal, legal work. Aspect. Doing out, getting all your documentation together. What licenses yeah. and permits do right. you need? Well, what it is, you go to your barber board and you tell them that you're trying to get a barber shop. And you know they'll give you an application to fill out on you know how many chairs this and this. You go, you want to get your name, so you go to the department of, uh, I mean, the secretary of state, and get your business name, your license. You know what I'm saying? And you really want to have that because that helps you get a lot of other products, you know, cheaper. And you got to find your location, get your landlord, you know, find out what he's going to do because you're going to really have to have a spot before you can go to the barber board because they want an address and that form. And, and basically, that'll get you started. That can get you in the game. Them is your really only legal aspects without your barber license. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of you course. You don't have to have a license to own a shop, but you can't operate in your shop. And to right. me, if right. you're going to own a shop, now you're going to, that's when you want to spend way more money because you want more chairs. Right. You want to be able to charge more booth rent. You want to be in a more popular area. So you won't have any problems. Like you say, with foot traffic, clientele building, it'll be a lot easier. You want to. You don't want to be at the mom and pop in the back of a place where nobody sees you. Right. And you got all this money invested in the shop. Right. You want to be mainstream, check your foot traffic. You know what I'm saying? So it goes all the way. How do you feel about owners of shops that are not licensed to cut and they don't have any desire to cut? How do you feel about that? I'm not opposed to it. It's just a business, you know, and you, you're doing the business aspect of it. So your, your money is not going to be as profitable. You know, you may, he may make his money more in the product sales different things but it's still a business barbershops you're going to make money if you you common sense if you got five chairs and you're only paying five hundred dollars a month utilities taxes everything else and you're at you know a thousand dollars a month but them five chairs you're charging 100 150 a week so they're paying you 20 something hundred dollars a month you know if you're getting two thousand and spending one and your profit is a thousand anything i profit on that's twelve thousand a year so if I get two, three of these, and I done profited 12000 off each, or one maybe twelve, one fifteen, one this, I've made something. So anything I'm doing, I'm showing a profit on. Right. You're doing a business, though, and you, you get through spending and doing, and you're still profiting? Right. Wow, I didn't break even? So it's a no-brainer. It's all on how many chairs, size, location. You know, and that's, that's how you really go to even, but that you still want vending machines. You want apparel sales, your mm-hmm. filler shirts, you know different brushes, do-rags, there's different things you sell to make even more revenue. Right. You know, so it, it always, even if you don't own, I mean, if you don't cut and you own, you still got to make a profit. But look at it from this perspective, perspective, though. 
if you what if you owned a semi truck and you didn't have CDLs to drive it, and you hired you hired a driver, and that driver quit on you, then that truck's just sitting right. Yeah. So if you own a barbershop with no license, you don't have any barbers or beauticians, then is there any money coming in? No money. That's why you better make them happy. That's a good point. That's a good point. And I know people who own the trucks, and they and they have to go pick their trucks up off the highway. People leave them abandoned. You know, they just buy them as as a business, right? Instead of being an owner operator, right? You know, and I totally understand it. Like people doing it right now, they're getting these Amazon, these them uh, box trucks. Box trucks. Mm, It's popping. Man, it's so nice. I get a contract paying twenty five hundred, but I'm gonna give you a thousand a week. What are you going to say? I gave you the truck. I'm filling it up. All right. you're doing is making one or two runs a day, but you don't make this much money. Right. Then it's a business deal. But now when you get tired of running for me, I want to do it myself. I got to get somebody else. Right. I got the contract. I got everything. But when you don't show up, now I got to get out here and ride. Right. And that's why I say I love the box trust because you don't need a CDL. Mm-hmm. You can't hurt me if you don't want to show up. Exactly. Work. I can yeah. hop in there if I want, if I have yeah. to. If I have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, and I say that's, that's just a... It's a business move, and when, you, when you're doing business and you make your business more dependent on people, then I feel you got to make people more happy. And if you're just doing it for you, then it's different. You're in there, you can do it what you like to do. Right. I don't need you, bro. I can sit here and pay this little thousand dollars myself. Right. But if I'm sitting here and can't cut, bro, why are you leaving? Don't go. Right. <laughs> it's a little more... Well, I ain't gonna get on out of here then. Yeah. Okay, he gone. Now I gotta pay that out of my pocket. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so it, it makes sense, and I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I was just curious on what your perspective was yeah. on that. Um, so, man, how how important is it to um, keep your keep your barbers and stuff happy, man, and keep them keep them working hard? Cause with with so many locations, man, you gotta deal with a lot of personalities, yeah, right? You do. So how, how, do, how do y'all do that, man? How do y'all work on keeping you guys motivated? When we were smaller, it was easy to hand pick them and see who could work with who. Now it's, it's more trial and error. You're going to go through some discrepancies because if you with somebody 8 to 12 hours, there's going to be some conflict. So now is this conflict where me and you can talk about it? Right. Do me and you got to go out our, our back and want to fight about it? Right, right. And then when you, you got to kind of be able to peep personalities and how people are. You know, and it's just like, okay, he gonna go so far, and he he gonna get mad, so don't put them together. Right. You know, he is, and, and it, it kind of helps. And like I said, we get buried, we still do your trial and error, and it's it's communicate, man. I, we, we like we hold meetings, but we before pandemic we did a meeting every month, you know, or every three months. With, with each with each shop. Each shop, and then every three months we'll do a like we might go to the changes. We don't went to uh, Cheddar's, you know, we do a big spot and we give them food and everything, and we do a meeting. Just to talk and see the growth, what we're doing, where we at, don't being on the same page. Right. And I know barbers don't do that. They don't even think to unify like that, but that's how we want our team. You know, we, we more of us, family, what can you, not just say, I'm going to help you pay your bills and them, but I want right. to be there for you and understand. And I ain't, like, if I get on your nerve, I don't want to be picking at you. Just, you get around, what can we do for the shops? What, what can we do to make it better for y'all? Uh, people said this, they had to complain over here. So we just have real meetings. Because first thing something go wrong, the first thing they're gonna do is call us. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So and, and you kind of tell them, man, I got a complaint from you yesterday, and you don't want to hear all that. So I'm curious, um, exactly how much money do you guys devote towards marketing and advertising? Just a ballpark figure, because to stay relevant in the market. Right now, we're probably at our lowest marketing, you know, during the pandemic post. On the average, man, you, you want to be. 
you want to be into that at least five, ten thousand a year, and that's going with flyers, cards, you hitting you some commercials here and there, you, you know, and I'm talking about with the school, and you can always go more. Mm -hmm. But when you get to doing a, a radio ad and trying to be relevant with the radio, considering people don't really do the radio, right, right, then you, you, you're promoting your school as well. So, to me, my biggest cost is flyers, cards. Certain little things we print up, you know, for free cuts for the school or free shades. I spend more in like stuff like that to hand to hand. Okay. And I'm just now getting into more of the internet, you know, how you can um, do the ads. Yeah, the mass push out. I'm, I'm getting more into that. And it grows, you know, this is a new technology. And I, you know, I'm, I'm 51. So some of this new stuff to me, I'm going hand to hand. Fly right. to fly or word of mouth, you know, it gets you where you're handpicking your people. Right, right. I keep my students, I make them keep cards like they in the shop. Okay. I say, Barry, where you go? You promote yourself. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm a student, I'm cutting. Let them see some pictures, you know. So I'm still one of them old school hand to hand is best, but now I see how Bookski and all these different apps and pushing and notifying, I tell them all now, man, get your, get your Instagram, get your Facebook, mm -hmm. post your cuts. Right. Let them know where you're at. Right. Man, they tell me every day, man, I got I got a, Booked the appointment off of, off of this. Right. Like, it works, bro. Right, right, and that's right. something that we didn't have back then. Right. It's so easy to get clientele now. If you're not successful as a barber, you're not trying. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Your skills just ain't up to par. That's, that's true. Because this, this era of the social media, man, I mean, you can reach the masses, so many with with just Facebook or just Instagram, you know, you get enough likes and shares and eventually the word get around, like, man, go check him out. He had, uh, he cut over there at um, our stagecoach at uh, Goodfellas yeah. and the guy, he called, you know what yeah. I mean? And everybody talking about it, you know, just off of a post on social media. Social media, they go. Yeah. It's hot right now and if they're not utilized, that's what you got, I told them in school right now, man, do social media. Right. It's, it's what do you, I don't do social media. No, you weren't doing social media for the right stuff. Now all you want on your page is haircuts, mm -hmm. hair products, mm -hmm. stuff you're selling. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. All that, all that extra, who she and he and right. nah, they don't get on this business page. Let's change the narrative. Change yeah. You get you a business name and you construct your stuff as a business. You know, and this is my business. Everything else is over there. Right. I mean, this is my business. You take care of your business first. Right. And your business gonna take care of you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely, man. I'm curious, man. What were some of the trials and tribulations that you guys faced in the beginning? Because I know every business has to endure the rain. <laughs> Man, being in Little Rock, as you know, it's an inner city, and to have so many different element of people in such a small city coming into the same environment, that was hard. One of our hardest challenges was to get the community to come together and not all oh, this so-and-so and that adversity of so much street stuff. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And that was our adversity. When I say we was blessed not to have the adversity of, you know, your business slow. You know, you open the doors and it was the way because we had our own people. It's like, y'all, come on, we, we, we going to the new house. You know, so it was an easy transition. I'd say my hardest adversity as far as financial business and this was transitioning the, the shop to a school and not understanding how much of a burden the school would be, you know. Obviously, I didn't, you know, you, you investigate, you do your paperwork, you see, oh, man, I could do this. Right. And you ain't had that real challenge of, you know, your stuff was always flowing kind of good. So when you get into this school, it's like, okay, this this rent got to be paid every month. Right. And you ain't got 
a bunch of students in here cutting like, you know, for that. And so, you know, and then you got to pay this and this got to be, so, and then now y'all still got my own mortgage and rent and everything at home. Exactly. So it was a little different. And then now, okay, now you got all these shops and you and you cutting everything trying to carry the school. You got payrolls to be met. You got a lot of stuff, you know. There was some of them days where you're not getting them paychecks, you know. It's like, man, this is a little different than sitting behind that chair and getting your money every day. Right. You know, and it ain't going out like that. You get money now, you got to get it out. So that's when your hard work for them two going into three years got to pay because once you do get accredited, they don't give you a check the next day like here. Right, right. So it's still a process of what you got to do once you get accredited. And that takes even more money. So I say the biggest and hardest transition was from the shop to the school. So them two, three years of that was, it was, it was, it was rough. Turned it great. Really? <laughs> <laughs> but you learned a lot, though. Oh, yeah, you learned. You learned. And yeah. see, it, it, and the, the benefit of that learning lesson is the next one you open from, from the first day you open, everybody who enrolled is going to give you full tuition. You ain't got to work. Right. You ain't going to pay. Right, right. Because you, you was dealing with Arkansas rehab, trying to find vets. Whatever you can find. Whatever. And then putting, putting people on payment plans and stuff like that. Whatever you <clears> had to do is what you had to do. Yeah. Now everybody come in, oh, it's 16. So I know they had a place in, uh, I think it was Utah or Nevada. One of the states only had one barber college in the whole state. Somebody else opened, and that barber college had years of people waiting to get in. So imagine you tap somewhere that don't have a barber college, and you got 100 people waiting to get in, paying you full tuition. Boy, I can only imagine that's your yeah. dream coming true. Right, 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 you know, right. It's right, like, right. man, you know flowing. Now you're doing night and day. You got... People on waiting lists, they don't have a large floor of schools. So now you get there, man, let me go and give me two, three schools over here. Right. Open oh, me about 10 shops right quick. Right. And then you start getting your people want to grow and get into other endeavors. You know? Because oh. so once you're accredited, man, you can you can open a school in Texas with no problem, yeah. right? Because yeah. you feel it's federal, federal, right? You're going to okay. federal. Okay. Right. And it's not just open, you're branching it into another branch. Okay. So they don't call it franchise or nothing like that. It's just you branch into another location. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And the hard part's out the way. Wow. Yeah. Now that's be that's beautiful. Yeah. That's amazing, man. So let me ask you this, man. Um, what advice would you give any aspiring entrepreneurs looking to get started in business, regardless of what type of business? It doesn't have to be the hair industry. My my main thing is when you get into your business, understand that you literally gonna work harder. You know, it's it's not what you think, I got my own business so I can go when I wanna go. That would be a, the first sign that your business is not going to make it. You know, if you're supposed to be there from 8 to 8, then you're supposed to be get, at least get there 7, 38, and leaving late because you got to clean up and all that, and you got to get there early to prepare. Right. Now, you can't be running in and out your business and opening and closing your sign, and I got to go here, I'm going to run out of town, I ain't going to open for two, three days. Then there's no consistency in your business. You couldn't go to Walmart and not see them open. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I'm going on this trip. Well, who's going to open your business and run, run your business? You know what I'm saying? Like, if I take a trip, I got a team. My school's still going to run. You know, we're still going to be able to operate. Your shop's still going to go. It's, it's just like some people get into the business of being in the business, but they don't understand the work ethic mm -hmm. it takes to have a business. It's, it's, it's a lot. So that would be my first thing. Make sure that in your mind this is what you want. Right. Because it's something that you're going to do instead of going to work every day and they give you that paycheck. It's a big difference. Right. You know, if you say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to entrepreneur out and do this, but you still got to have some type of stability in your money. And my money is come to work every day. And some people don't do it. I see it all the time. They open, you can imagine how many of our barbers have left the open shop. 
I've had some came back. I had some done cutting in other people's shops. Some done had multiple locations trying and just couldn't do it. Didn't have a good work ethic, and that's where it comes from. And that's in anything you do. Like you say, get in trouble. If you get 10 contracts and you ain't got good work, is what you're going to do. Don't lose your contract. You don't lose them. Yeah. That'd be my main. You got to have a work ethic. Make sure your team, if it's, if it's a business that needs a team, make sure you get a good team. Don't go get your brother, your friend, your cousin. That ain't that ain't good business if they if they understand the business. Like me and my brother love each other to death, but we can't do business. You know, his work ethic may not be the same as mine. Mm-hmm. Well, I may want to give more and he want to take more. Mm-hmm. So if you ain't on the same page or you can compromise and communicate, then you probably need to keep working until you got your mind right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Words of wisdom, man. That's that's some good advice, definitely. Um, any any future endeavors that the Goodfellas Goodfellas brand had to come, man, that you want to speak on? Yeah, we finna uh, this year here. I'm contemplating. You know, normally we do uh, Thanksgiving, uh, we do Christmas bike giveaways, free haircuts. Then we get into Easter for the next year. But the word we've like really killed our functions for two years so post pandemic. Right, right. And I think January, uh, we're gonna kick it back off, make Easter. Like this Christmas, we're gonna do, uh, yeah, give something I wanna say, yeah. Uh, this Christmas, we're gonna pick uh, 25 families and I'll be putting the post on the list for the summer. And we pick 25 families, we make them baskets, we give them a, you know, a list of what they want, toys, kids, you know, names, ages, everything in the house. Okay. And then we hand deliver it to them like I did last year. And uh, normally we do a big feeding and uh, a big bike giveaway. It'd be, it'd be real big. Free haircuts. We feed the homeless. We do a, a nice one. But like I said, since the pandemic, we killed it for two years. So I say January, we're going to kick it back off to start doing our, because we do four community events a year. Okay. And I do a Easter. We do a big Easter egg hunt. And uh, June, we do a community uh, barbecue picnic. And then we do our Thanksgiving. And we're also fired because we do back to school free haircuts too. Mm. So just gonna get back next year. I think the numbers has went down and it's a little more safer, and you know more people getting vaccinated. So that's about it. That's what's up, man. Community service is very necessary, man. I, comm- I commend you all. I oh, appreciate it. Yeah, man. You got to give back to receive, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to, and not even with just those intentions to receive something, man. You should want to help somebody be better, add value to their life. Um, do you, uh, what, what's the social media for the, for the Goodfellas brand? Um, well, we, we're goodfellasbarbershops.com. Uh, we're on Instagram, Goodfellas Barbershops, uh, and the Barber College is the same. Uh, goodfellasbarbercolleges.com. Okay, okay. So we're trying to, we're tapping. We just really don't have just one social media. We run all, you know, everything independent as far as the shops and the school. Okay. And uh, our community events, we just post them on the sites. I got you. I got you. Your, your contact information, man, if anybody needs to reach you. Uh, Goodfellow Big D on Instagram, uh, Donald T uh, on Facebook, and you see me here on Asher every day. All right. Hey, man, we appreciate you for taking time out to speak with us, bro. You. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Three, six, five, five, six, five, 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 five